too. Yeah. Am I your first repeated person? You are. Are you? Besides us, I guess. Yeah, besides us. You're the host of the show. (laughs) (laughs) I started singing when I was very young, but then started singing in a band when I was like 11 and 12 um, and did a lot of just, you know, little bars and uh, little clubs that I was not allowed into because I was only 11, but somehow the club owner let me in. (laughs) And then uh, that was more blues and rock kind of vibes and genre. And then when I was uh, like 13 and 14, I started doing what I do like today of a 10 piece band Um, and lots of horns and backup singers and all that stuff um and then started playing you know some bigger shows and festivals that kind of thing and then um but and we've always done covers and now for the last three years uh, now i can't believe it's been three years because covid um we wrote a record an original record and it's coming out in the next couple months and i still don't have a release date for you but (laughs) um but yeah that's kind of that's how it started. I went to school for music, um, music business and vocal performance. And yeah, and now here we are. <laughs> I graduated and I don't know what I'm doing with my life yet, but you know. Oh, what a move. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> so, I love how you're like, you don't know what you're doing with your life, but you're releasing an album and have a 10 piece band and just bought a house. <laughs> well, but yeah, you know. know. What I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like, well, I don't know because I, you know, I went like, like you both i went to school for music business and but then when it came to you know releasing a record i'm like i have no idea what i'm doing now Uh, yeah (laughs) uh, so you know but with help it's uh it's coming along and yeah we released our first single off of it um a few weeks ago now yeah and it is so good oh thank you so much so thank good you. i think megan i think it was it's so funny because i think i played you like the very very beginning demo for it like yeah you did like in like 2019 you were playing a so far show mm-hmm. and i played it in the car for you right before we went to that so far show and now it's you know like the lead single off of the album and I know. um so it's so exciting yeah yeah it's it's been like nerve nerve wracking and uh, you know there were bumps along the road but <laughs> but it's it's finally here <laughs> so Yay. yeah yeah so. I'm so so excited for everyone to hear it yeah and at the end of this episode we'll be playing that song Woo. um <laughs> and what I said featured oh featured. Um, we'll but I did it with a little motion. No, this isn't a video podcast, but I feel the need to do motions. <laughs> it's fine. We're fine. Thank God this isn't a video podcast. Nobody needs yeah, to see our faces like... as much as we talk. Like, you know, our voices and our faces so much. No, too much. So um, speaking of Funky With You, mm-hmm. how did you decide um, on that song being your first single that you release? Well, so that one came together very quickly. Um, so I co-write with, uh, his name is Steve Langamo. He plays guitar in my band. Uh, he lives in Colorado Springs. Um, and uh, we just, like, we started writing together a few years ago now, and we just clicked. And with this one, so, you know, the stuff that we do um, comes together, I think, rather quickly, like the shell of it. But this one, we, you know, we 
kind of made the demo and I wrote the hook and we were like, okay, like this is, this one is going to be good and it's going to be danceable um, and uh, funky, <laughs> hence the name. So um, yeah, I don't know. We did, we, we were deciding between two. Um, it was funky with you and then a song called hear me now, uh, which you'll hear in a few weeks. Um, but uh, so fun, yeah. And, and you know, hear me now is much more mid tempo and kind of, you know, um, definitely has a message to it, which is kind of the reason why it was being considered for a lead single, just because of the message and where we are in our world right now. But uh, Funky With You is definitely like the epitome of what I want to do with music. So I think that's, it just kind of made sense. Um, yeah, that that was the right one. So, yeah. Love it. Well, it sounds great. And I feel like it's a really good precursor to the rest of the album. Like just getting yeah. people hyped up and ready for it. That's cool. Yeah. Thanks for saying that because that's, that's, uh, that was the hope, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So the, I don't know. That's what, like, I, that my goal, I, I've, I've discovered through writing this album, you know, it's, it's set up like an A side and a B side of a record. Like if you're going to actually like turn over a record in a turntable and play the B side. Um, so the I B side, that. so the B side of the album is a lot of, like kind of mid-tempo, maybe some more slow songs that are still like, you can still groove to and like still enjoy, but then the A side is a lot more danceable. And I've definitely figured out that writing this album, like I want to write music uh, like the A side. <laughs> um, and just, I don't know, I feel like there's so much uh, turmoil in our world right now and in the, for the last couple of years. And I think if you can just get people dancing and get it, not like, you know, not using us as like, not using music as an escape because you know i don't know i don't i don't know if i necessarily like that word but like if you use it as like a way to cope or to get through things um and i think doing that through writing funk and disco is fun <laughs> i don't know if that made any sense but <laughs> yeah no that yeah. totally makes sense <laughs> yeah, so. so you were talking about co-writing right a little bit yeah. on um funky with you can you talk about the songwriting process for the whole album and how you went about co-writing it with your co-writing partner for sure yeah so steve plays guitar but he also uh is just music theory is like his jam uh and <laughs> god bless him you know I, I know right i'm like i took like two years of music theory in college and i'm like not my jam <laughs> um, but you know um yeah so so uh you know, at first it was more like he'll do the music part and I'll do the lyrics and melody part, uh, you know, kind of that thing. But, you know, as we wrote it, it kind of meshed in between um, where I'd have, a, so, you know, some opinions on some musical aspects of it. He'd, he'd have some opinions and even help write lyrics um, for some parts of it. And uh, so it's it pretty much started with me uh, sending him different tracks or influences or ideas of like hey we should write a song like with this kind of vibe and this kind of genre um and like in this kind of tempo and then him constructing a demo like a demo of just like a dr drums bass uh maybe like a horn line um and a, like an like an organ part or something uh and then i would take that and sit with it and then write like a hook to it or write um you know lyrics to it whatever it might be um, and then we, then at that point we get together and then kind of flesh out the whole song more. Um, and that's, you know, there were, there were a couple that were like, you know, straight away from that a little bit, but that's, 
pretty much how we wrote the whole thing. And it was, you know, it, we, I feel like a lot of artists, um, or songwriters, I guess I should say, uh, like, will write like a bunch of tunes and then like scrap a bunch and be like, no, this can't, this can't go on an album. This can't go on an album. We kind of approached it as like, I don't know, more like, like a painting or like a piece of art where like, we're going to build and like construct this, this thing. And it is going to go on this album. Like we are writing it for an album. Um, and you know, there were a couple demos that, you know, didn't make it on and that we, that we scrapped, but for the most part, like every demo that we created together ended up on is what you're hearing on the record. Um, so yeah, that was, that was more or less our songwriting process. Yeah. I love the analogy that you used about the painting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, like you know, it might be, I don't know, like you might make a couple mistakes or like there might be a yeah. couple, uh, like, can I swear? There might be a couple shitty Fuck ideas. yeah, you can <laughs> swear. <laughs> okay, sorry. There might be like a couple shitty ideas, but like, um, but then like they, you know, they, you paint over them or you correct the mistake or you yeah um and that yeah that's kind of how at least in my mind how i looked at it i have no idea how steve looked at it but uh that that's how i looked at it in my mind <laughs> so what inspired you to record your album that's gonna be coming um, out this year mm, yeah so i mean it was just it was time <laughs> <laughs> it was just time to have you know something of our own and our band i released an ep uh, in 2017 called aftershock and i talked about that in our the first time that i was on this podcast yeah. and, I really, and i'm like and i'm really proud of that work but uh but and i wrote it with an amazing co-writer and producer but um it was just time to dial in an original sound for my band because that has always been my goal of like of writing music and performing music for other people and performing my music even though i love playing covers and i love making people dance and like partying with people but i want to do that with my music so mm -hmm. um i don't know if there's like necessarily an underlying theme to the whole record um but you know there's songs about relationships there's songs about the world right now there's songs about um like you know so the album name i, I was i <laughs> this sounds so stupid but i like checked with my marketing manager i was like can i say the name of the album we like haven't announced it yet and he was like yeah yeah go ahead and so <laughs> the album's name is totally legal and um and uh it is I that's more that. of like like a that's more of like like a so it's definitely an innuendo for sure like the when you hear the lyrics it's like very innuendo-y but but um Totally legal itself, I think, to me and why I decided to name the record off of it is more of like a coming of age type thing because I wrote that song when I was 21 and I'm 23 now, but wrote it when I was 21 and I had been performing in all these bars and clubs and venues since I for like 10 years at that point. Then I was not allowed in them. And so now I was like 21 and I'm like, let's write a song about like being of age to be in the places that I had been entertaining in for that long. So that that's kind of that's where the that's why i chose to name the record after that song um so yeah but now you know i'll be like 23 and almost 24 when we release so you know <laughs> but you're <laughs> but, still uh, legal but, but yeah you're even more legal <laughs> yeah. now I'm more, I'm, yeah right i'm even more le yeah that'll, that'll be the that'll be the uh, sophomore album it's called even, even more legal, legal. <laughs> uh, yeah that's yeah. funny i also love how you just glossed over the fact 
you're like, oh, my marketing manager. Like, I know. know. I'm like, okay. Oh my gosh, no. Yeah, I've, I've, you know, we've been, you know, it's crazy, but I've, you know, we've had this band for, I don't even know how long, like over 10 years now. And, um, or, or at least nine years, nine or 10, or maybe even more than that. I should really do the math. But like, you know, we've had it for so long. And now over the last couple of years, we've just started adding more members to like our team, you know? Um, and, you know, I'm working with a marketing manager right now just on promotion and marketing, hence the name for the album itself yeah yeah. how has that been going it's been going really well i love working with him his name is michael branvold uh and he um yeah he's really he's really great i think he uh we're kind of narrowing in on what my you know story is going to be as we release this album and um i really like what we've discussed and uh he's had a really great input and so yeah, I like working with him. But yeah, we've yeah, so we've we started working with him uh, last month, or we've started talking in November, and then um, kind of started working together in, in December, and then um, we uh, we have a booking agent as well, and so we're we're just starting, we're kind of fleshing out the Sandra. Team. Yes, Sandra. Yeah, her name's Sandra Watts. She she's um, she's a badass. I don't, I don't know. Definition really. of a boss. <laughs> yeah, like, literally. Oh yeah. Yeah, we love you, Sandra. She's crazy. Yeah, I know the best way possible. She's crazy. Like, like she uh, her her work (laughs) like runs miles every morning at five a.m. Crazy. Literally, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Well, yeah, she yeah she is like the fitness queen, and then she's also like gonna put on my my booking and like promote it promote her hat on and uh, lay down the law. So, yeah, no, I I love her because I love her because she advocates for musicians and that's her literally her only goal she doesn't do it she doesn't do it for the money she does not do it for like the like you know the fame or you know like being like the the best promoter or the best booking agent in town or best talent buyer in town she does it for like to advocate for artists and to get artists what they're worth and paid what they're worth and i think that's really important nowadays especially with you know what we just went through the last two years um i or, yeah. love that so and can i have yeah. her number yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would love to she's, talk to her. Yeah, yeah, she's she's pretty amazing. I yeah, I um like and, and she does but like she books uh, and she kind of takes on all different kinds of acts. So she does have like singer songwriters and um all the way up to you know a project of my size and yeah. So because obviously you're my best friend, not shocking to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but throughout this whole writing recording process that you know you've talked me through and the promoting process and everything like that up until this point which obviously you haven't come up with a date for the album release yet Mm -hmm. but up until this point what did you think was the most difficult part like in terms of writing recording like promoting that kind of stuff definitely promotion Uh, Mm -hmm. um you know i feel like i had a pretty solid grip of of or grasp of what I wanted from this record and like when we wrote the music I was like because Steve and I also co-produced the record and um so I like I knew what I wanted to hear I when we went into the studio it was through COVID that we finished writing it so like we were still working through COVID as we were (laughs) trying to record it so um we were sitting on the music for a long time so i was like no we know exactly what we need to do this is what we're doing this is how this is this is how this is being produced this is how this is going and 
very well planned out. Of course, we still ran into several bumps in the road in the studio and lost a lot of money because of that. But um, that's kind of a different story. But um, yeah, but yeah, definitely promotion uh, and like the idea of you know like with Michael, um, he's he's marketing manager. He like we've we've been talking to a um, a publicist and they've been asking me like what like what's your story and like what is the story that's going to make people. Uh, listen to you because there is not you know like the matter of fact is you know like i have you know like whatever like have like like can sell well with like live shows and um have have somewhat of a following in denver but like there is nobody that's like waiting at the except for like my friends and family there is nobody that's waiting for the next like the new jacob larson band album to come out except for like my friends and family right now because i don't have like hundreds of thousands or millions of followers and um so i think just like finding what is going to make people want to listen to my music and getting that personal is something that is very new to me uh and and i don't like being that vulnerable all the time uh with people so um, for so that is so that has been the hardest part um definitely like the promotion and um why people should be listening to my record because you know like in, in my view i'm like well you should listen to it it's like you can dance and it's it's awesome <laughs> but like yeah. not everybody thinks that <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know i think that's been the that's been the most like definitely like post-production and like post-recording has been the most difficult part mm-hmm. for sure yeah i uh, think an advantage that you have in such a saturated market is your genre because it's so unique to be releasing music like that now I mean, you have like the Silk Sonic, which is like kind of funk inspired and like oh, for sure. best yeah. album of 2021. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, for sure. And so one, you have a renewed interest in that, hopefully. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, shout out Bruno. And- yeah, no, literally, like it, it, <laughs> it, it was so amazing to hear, speaking of Silk Sonic, like that, mm-hmm. if people have not listened to that, rec- that record in full, so like, do yourself a favor and just like go play the whole thing. It, uh, there's only like nine songs on it, and some of them are short. Like it, it, it will not take that long. Like go listen to that album from front to back, and it is so good. And it and like you know, it's it's crazy because like what you said, the genre that I'm writing in and producing it is 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 you know a little bit unique to our time. Um, be, you know, but like Bootsy Collins of of Parliament produced that whole out al- that silk sonic album like you know like total I like 70s that. that's awesome. yeah yeah he, he give like, it up for bootsy collins yeah he's like, right. like <laughs> yes yeah yeah uh, yeah and like he's like the mc on the record like he's like the one saying like give it up for a band i named silk sonic like that's like <laughs> like he's just, he's just so like smooth and badass but like so like <laughs> i i love that the fact that they released that this year and like they've brought kind of that music to the forefront again um mm-hmm. and you know i think that's for for a smaller artist like myself like that's a good thing but also it's kind of like you know writing in the genre that i write in is also can be harder because it's not what people necessarily my like our age listen to um so like making people just listen and then uh like get enamored with that music and like that music uh, is definitely um a harder aspect of it but yeah absolutely yeah um 
who are the biggest influences for your music? I'm talking about Silk Sonic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I think the next record will definitely be, um, will definitely be inspired by some, some, have some Silk Sonic elements in it. But, um, but for this record, a lot of Tower of Power, um, Mm. which is, uh, you know, like I'm gonna name all these like old '70s funk bands, but you know, um, like and then Chic is another one. Uh, they're more like disco though. And Nile Rodgers, Nile Rodgers is a huge songwriting influence of mine. Like he wrote for just okay. the biggest people in the '70s, and then continues to like write and record with huge people nowadays. Um, and uh, yeah, I would I would say those are the two big Earth, Wind, and Fire for sure. Um, you can mm-hmm. hear on some tunes. Uh, yeah, yeah, those are those are kind of the biggest influences on this record. Um, on the next record, I think it'll definitely be um, more danceable throughout. Uh, I, th- I think this record is still pretty dancey and still pretty like poppy, hooky, but um, it's hooky even a word. Um, but uh, yeah, and then uh, <laughs> but like the next one will definitely be more like like disco influenced silk sonic influenced uh right now if i had to if i had to answer but then also talking about some like pretty deep shit uh because i wrote all this album before the last two years of my life happened and some like awful shit has happened in that last two years so um yeah 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 i think that that's that's the best way to answer that i love it yeah absolutely yeah yeah those all make sense obviously too Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think you can hear it for sure yeah yeah i think i think it it definitely comes out there's lots of like even like so the first track on the record is the title track totally legal and like you definitely will hear big horns and lots of vocals layered together and um fun horn lines and fun musical lines and i think that just really um for the genre that I'm writing in just really screams Tower of Power for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I love how I know who all these artists are now. all <laughs> <laughs> you play in your car. Honestly, I know them because of you too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's good. I'll take it. <laughs> so what is your favorite part of releasing music? Like from start to finish, favorite part of the whole um, thing? Recording for sure. Um, but uh, I have this album has really made me want to you know like the first so yikes I can't believe so I released an album when I was like 13 and it was a blues album and it was all covers and it was like I don't know it it was very like people loved it you cannot find that anywhere so (laughs) so nobody try Oh, it's a don't. part of your but, past, though. But it, you know? Yes, it is absolutely. Like, if you're not looking back at your past and like being like, "This is what I could have done better," then you're not growing at all. So, yeah. um, the, you know, like I was 13 and didn't know what I was doing, and like had a lot of, I had a lot of outside influences, kind of like giving opinions and running the show. And mm-hmm. then in so then in 2017 when I released Aftershock, it was much more collaborative, where I was writing lyrics, but I also didn't know what I was doing still. <laughs> um, and now this album, I'm like, we, we, like we come into the studio and me and Steve and our sound engineer, whose name is also Steve. Um, <laughs> like the we Steve were Steve the Steves. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and we like, uh, like we were running the show and I got to like actually make calls because I think I had grown 
enough as an artist and as a songwriter to say this is what needs to happen here um and it's also really gotten me into vocal production um i like i i want to vocal produce the whole next album um and i want to and like i'd love to even like be behind like run like driving in pro tools and like be you know editing and i i you know i want to be more involved in that that's so definitely that's definitely something that i want to grow into because that does not just happen overnight like i, I can hear I, like i know like and I, I can hear what should be happening and like i can say and like i can like transmit that to somebody but i want to be like the one yeah. doing it too mm-hmm. um, so yeah definitely I, I think definitely recording is is my favorite and like and like mixing and producing and like it, it like being in the studio after you've tracked everything and sitting there for literally hours and hours just like tweaking little things to make the whole thing sound just as perfect as it can be um yeah yeah that would be that, that's definitely my has been my favorite part of this i was curious <laughs> because i i've become very into in the past year just to make it about me <laughs> love that for you into okay. listening to albums front to back god mm. me too and not just going like single by single like waiting for the album to be released and just listening front to back mm-hmm. so i'm curious mm-hmm. and you talked a little bit about the a side and the b side but was there any other like deciding factors into the order of the songs on your album um you know not in particular no like it, it like that is something that didn't really happen with this album that I kind of thought would was a, you know, a st- doing like kind of creating a story throughout the album and like having an arc and then, you know, like kind of gliding out. Um, yeah. It, it was, it was definitely more based on what needed to come next and what felt right musically, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to a message being portrayed. I think, uh, I think that was the main focus as opposed to trying to tell a specific story from front to back um i think it's still in you know i've listened to it quite a few times from front to back <laughs> um as anybody probably would uh but you know and i and i think it it has a nice flow to it um and i think musically and i think that's what mattered more in this situation to me um that definitely might change because you know this you know i talk about relationships and um you know state of the world like i had said earlier and um but then like other songs are just about like you know, seeing somebody and like seeing somebody somewhere and like, you're like, I want to get to know them, you know, like kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like a lot of, I don't want to say surface level because I don't think that's surface level for a lot of people, but like not as deep into my psyche or my experience. And I think that'll definitely change with the next album. Um, And it will probably will, and that probably will dictate order a lot more uh, if I had to guess. So but yeah, so so that was the long answer. The short answer was no, there was no. <laughs> the no, short answer no was no, it. there was not anything. <laughs> there was okay. not any order. <laughs> but that wouldn't make for a good podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, yeah could so you imagine you, you answered that question? I'm just like, no, there wasn't. No. No. <laughs> Yeah. Why yeah, did you so... even ask, stupid bitch? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, how does your gender identity influence your songwriting? Mm. Um so that's a good question, and I've never been asked anything like that before. Um, but more people should ask that. Um 
you know, I am very much a cisgendered male. Um, but I, you know, and I think, but I'm also a queer cisgendered male. So, uh, you know, I like my songwriting, I will talk about a guy in a song and like it's it is more like kind of like fuck you or like more raunchy and i feel like if people are listening to that as like there's this guy and it could be portrayed that like he's singing to about a like a woman like that and you know that probably would not be the most appropriate thing um because i think that kind of like i think i think that changes like how you look at a song and a song, the songwriting in a song and how you're talking about somebody based on like who they're talking about. So, um, but I think, I think my gender identity, um, I think my sexual, like my sexual identity definitely ties into that. Um, and I don't really, you know, I, I think I'm still trying to figure out how my gender identity and sexual identity play into my music. Uh, yeah. Because I don't think there's a lot of like, like I'm still I'm still hesitant on using, um, I, it's probably it's probably hesitation. I don't know if I like am actively thinking that I should not be using like he him pronouns when I'm talking about like a relationship in a song. But I'm still like, but I'm still like not doing it in the back of my mind, <laughs> um, you know. Which probably which when other people do that are like cisgender heterosexual people so um yeah i don't really i don't i don't i think i'm still trying to figure that out though um i hope that made sense i feel like i was just talking in circles but (laughs) no it does have made sense it's a complicated thing too yeah not to put words in your mouth but you've Mm. talked to me about it before in terms Mm. of the funk genre and what you were saying earlier too about Mm. funk having a lot of older like demographic audience and so I think it can be more intimidating because it's not like you don't know who's going to be listening and you don't know if yeah. that could deter them from listening, which mm. it shouldn't matter. And it doesn't right. matter at the end right. of the day, because it's like, if they don't like who you are, then fuck them. But mm-hmm. yeah. it's also just when that's been in your head and like, you know, and you only yeah. cover songs by these artists that are, you know, talking about women in that way, mm. yeah. then, and now you're trying to talk about men in that way. Mm. So right. I feel like that can be a different right. because like I'm trying to talk because like there's definitely a difference between like talking about like I would like the stuff like if you know I would never say that about uh like I would never say some of the stuff that I said um in my songwriting about a female you know like well for multiple reasons but like the like like the Silk Sonic record for example you know a lot like my stepmom doesn't like she does not want to listen to that album <laughs> like, like she does not like the lyrics she does not like she's like i do not like how they're talking about women in this and and like i don't like i and because of the origins of the genre in which i write in are so based in talking about women, not not men's bodies not anybody on the gender spectrum bodies other than women's bodies Mm -hmm. and so it's it's weird trying to bridge that gap of still writing in this genre and writing lyrics as if i was in the 70s but i am talking about men (laughs) so like you know and like i never want that to be misconstrued as to say that i am like objectifying women's bodies or objectifying anybody's bodies in certain ways Mm -hmm. um so i think i think that's kind of the 
kind of the hard part within writing in this genre um and how gender identity plays into writing in this genre because it has been very sexist in the past and very misogynistic and very objectifying towards women in the past um so i don't know but i but i definitely want anybody to be able to listen to my music no matter you know if they are uh, they're male female or non-binary i want them to be able to listen to my music and relate to my music and um so i guess i'm just trying to do that in the in the least uh objectifying way (laughs) uh yeah yeah and it's so like personal too like the fact that maria stepmom Mm -hmm. love you maria stepmom yeah (laughs) doesn't like the lyrics and thinks it's objectifying Mm. to women Mm. i don't listen to it and think that Mm. so it's like it also just depends and i could also just be wrong you know and well learn you know everybody's learning constantly about what's right and and bad and who has any idea anymore but like like, i would never think that listening to it so it's hard to gauge like you can't read everybody's minds that's going to listen to it so for sure for sure and i think that's something that you have to accept as a songwriter um yeah Cause like, I mean, in Aftershock, for example, like I use the song Aftershock from my first EP, I use like she, her pronouns in the song because I was not out to any, like I was out to like a very few people at that point. So I'm like, well, I'm not about to come out to the whole world on this, on this song because I use the word she, because I were, because I use the word he, not she, yeah. you know, like that's not how I want my coming out journey to be. Um, that would so, be so spicy though. <laughs> that would be spicy. People listen oh Oh, like, did he just say he? And I'm sure I'm, like, overanalyzing it and, like, literally nobody would know But, like, that would be funny if you were, like, oh, no, I'm going to be, like, outing myself. But you do it anyway. And then no one notices. And then nobody notices. Like, well, damn, that's annoying. Yeah, you're, like, well, that was even more invalidating. Let's go. Yeah, right. I'm, like, well, now nobody's listening to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's it. You know, I think especially within the genre that I'm in, like, like you know, like that Silk Sonic album, we keep, I love that we keep referencing that, but know, uh, as, as we should, but like, you know, like, it's like that song Smoking Out the Window, like the hook is like, this bitch got me paying the rent, paying, paying for trips, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. like calling a woman a bitch on the hook of like one of the, one of the lead singles of your record, you know can be definitely can be misconstrued as maybe not the smartest idea. Um, and like, you know, and I, so like, you know, I'm, I'm definitely using, especially there's a song called waste and waiting on my record. And, um, it is very much like, like the second verse starts with here's your toothbrush and there's the door. Don't forget your clothes on the floor. Like, so like that, like, that is like very, like, can be like, I just, I just used this person for you know whatever and then threw them out of my house (laughs) so like and i don't like but like it's but that's what like you know that's not what the song's about but you know but like if you're taking things out of context like that it can definitely be misconstrued that way especially when you're i'm writing in a genre where people are talking about sex and like getting down and dancing and like getting close to each other so yeah yeah and culturally things change so vastly like i mean i call my friends bitches all the time yeah yeah <laughs> maybe that's not the right thing right but i think intent is the huge thing you know yeah. like i think and i think especially in like 
I think especially in th- in places like like queer and gay culture, where like saying like "Hey, bitch" is definitely a term of endearment, yeah. as opposed to like calling a woman, "Well, you're a bitch," you know, like that yeah. is you know, like those are two different things, yeah. you know. But you know, so absolutely, it's 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 very. I think that's definitely something that I'm still trying to explore, and I don't know if I answered that in the best way possible, but. <laughs> No, but, you um, definitely did. But I don't know. So it's it's, well it's just like it's just like very, uh, very kind of jumbled in my brain of how to approach that still. Yeah. So, you know. Um, I'm curious to hear what are some of some goals that you have for you and the band in the next five years. Mm. I mean, on like a very much like surface level, first thought that comes to my mind, touring would be really amazing if we were able to get the traction places and to be able to take it on the road um, and be able to tour and to be make that financially work because a lot of my band members uh, are working musicians that only that only play music for a living and so they need to do and they have families you know like and it's crazy because like i play with people that are in my band um throughout the years like for 10 years now and i've seen them literally have kids that are now like growing up and are like almost 10 years old and that's crazy um and so you know like they have to do what what works for them and they have to do what to make ends meet for their family and um so i don't really know what that would look like yet what touring for um jacob larson band would look like but um i think if the music is there and if you know if people are digging it enough i think that will make something work um but so that's like my that's definitely like my my surface level answer but um really just like write music that makes people happy and write people music write music that makes people like dance and just like and feel something and then um like to like see that i have a show going on and want to go to that show because they know that like oh like you know i had a really shitty week at work but like now i get to go hear jacob larson and like i get to go dance and like go to a, like go back in time to like a disco mm-hmm. um so just like writing music and having as many people that want to listen listen to my music uh while also advocating for i think i think uh advocating for mental health is a huge is a huge thing that i want to start doing uh with my music and as part of my story in music is what I, what we've been trying to figure out uh is definitely mental health and talking about like that it's okay to talk about mental health and like I know that like, I know that that's like the trendy thing to do right now, but like, yeah, but like it's but it should be the trendy thing to do because yeah. there are a lot of people struggling right now, and um, and I think that that is an important thing to talk about. So mental health matters, man. Yeah, yeah, yes. it, really, it really does. Like even if like MHM, yeah, <laughs> you literally, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think those are my those are my kind of goals. Um, it's not anything I think people the definite like that would be making it for me if like I was if I was playing music often and people were coming to my shows and dancing and like just using us as a way to be happy and a way to um, dance and like dancing like and dancing with their mental health problems or dancing with their trauma or dancing with their pain. Um, like, I, yeah, that would be making it for me, I love that. for sure. 
Dancing yes. with their so, pain. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Dance. Yeah. That's, I heard, I don't know if, okay. I don't know if she used these, those exact words that I just used, but that's how I've like processed it in my mind is like, so Lady Gaga released Chromatica in 2020 when like right. literally the whole world needed that. <laughs> yeah. And like, she talks a lot about like, you know, like she's writing all of this music that you would dance to in the club. And, mm-hmm. but like, it's all like, you know, 911 is about her taking antipsychotics, you know? So like, like she's like writing about all and like replay is about trauma and PTSD. Yeah. So like, so there's all of these, there's all these uh, songs on there. And like, even like the opening, even like the opening track is called Alice. And like, it's about like escaping into a wonderland, you know, like, so like, like she, I, I think Lady Gaga is a huge influence of mine, not only because her voice and just her creativity and her musicianship is so amazing, but because like, she's writing she's literally doing what i want to do in a different genre she mm-hmm. is writing music that makes people want to dance and just like jump at the top of their lungs while they're like drunk in a club yeah. and but she's but she's talking about trauma and being sexually assaulted and taking antipsychotics and having ptsd like while making people dance and I think I think it's not like an either or kind of thing. Like you don't have to, mm-hmm. you don't have to write like, uh, you don't not bashing this artist at all because she's incredible. But like you don't have to write music that's like Billie Eilish to write about sad topics. I think mm-hmm. like it's not it's not like an either or. Mm-hmm. It's an it's like an and kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's like a like I can write funk music about my PTSD and about yeah. trauma and about anxiety and about depression. And um, I think, I don't really know how that's going to work yet, but uh, yeah, but I think that's- We'll figure uh, it out. Yeah, but it, it yes. will get figured out. <laughs> just start writing. So, yeah, but no shade, I, like I love Billie Eilish. She's incredible, oh. but like, oh, but, yeah. like but, uh, but you know, like she, like when you hear her, she's like, oh, you're, she's writing about like some shit right now. Mm-hmm. And like, if you listen to Lady Gaga's, if you listen to Chromatica, you're not necessarily going to think, oh, she's, yeah. she's like, your your first pass through the album listening to it, you're not going to think she's writing about some deep shit, even though mm-hmm. she is. So, yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> I think those we are great goals. They're very attainable. Yeah. Very attainable goals. Tangible yeah. goals. We yeah. love it's good to it's good them. to be it's good to be uh you know but uh, i mean it's good to be practical but then again like nobody ever did any like nobody did any crazy shit by just like staying with the norm either so yeah you know i Absolutely. think you know i think you gotta be a little crazy sometimes but yeah. <laughs> but yeah we have come to our final question why do you write songs uh to make people feel things and to make myself feel things, uh, whether that be happiness or sadness or excitement or uh, uh, sexiness, <laughs> I um, or you know, I or anxious. Uh, I think if like I can make or like if I can make people uh, think about something in their life that they weren't thinking about before they're hearing my music, that's why. I write music for sure. Um, uh, and I, think, I love that answer. And I, yeah, and I don't like. I think if I think if you're in this industry for, um, like any kind of like monetary or popular gains, I think mm-hmm. that you have unfortunately for yourself picked the wrong, um, 
industry. So, yeah, yeah that is that is what. Go be a lawyer. What? Yeah, become Go a be lawyer. Go be a lawyer. Oh my god. Work on yeah. the stock market. Literally. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Or, or like, I don't even know. I don't even know what you would do in the music. And well, I mean, like, there's definitely people that get in the music industry to from like monetary reasons. For money. Um, yeah. yeah. But I Even think I, Jeff Bezos. Actually, don't. We don't need another one of him. But yeah. <laughs> so well, yeah. I am so excited to just highlight your single "Funky with You." The song's called "Funky with You." It came out. It came out in December, and uh, you should go stream it now. Let me tell you now, look at the 